The Yankees stepped on the Twins the first two games like a spider. Sorry, was that tacky? We'll examine Garrett Cole's spin rates Wednesday night, an essential series win in Minnesota, and look ahead to the two games against the Phillies this weekend. Our pal from the Post, Ken Davidoff, asked Cole about the use of spider tack. Kenny joins us to get into his controversial response. So listen to your spidey senses that say lock in to the Pinstripe Pod next from the New York Post. Here's a pitch strike odd. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Pinstripe Pod, our Yankees podcast with the New York Post. It's Chris Sheeran here with four-time World Series champion Yankees great Jeff Nelson. You'll hear our producer, Jake Brown, as well during the show. Follow the entire crew on Twitter. That's at Chris Sheeran, yes, at NYNelly43 and at Jake Brown Radio. The reporter that asked the Garrett Cole spider tack question, our good friend of the program, the post Ken Davidoff, joins us later in the pod. But first, we welcome in Jeff Nelson, and we talk about the Yankees winning and the Red Sox and Rays both losing. So the Yanks gain a little bit of ground. They're five and a half back of the first place Rays now. They're 39 and 24. They're four games back of the second place Red Sox, who are 37 and 25. Nelly. Uh, let's not bury the lead though. Uh, Ken, uh, David off who will join us in a little bit. Uh, he asked the question about the spider tack. I know you and our text message chain said, I never heard of spider tack, but Garrett Cole went out there and he was pretty much like, what's spider tack? What, what spider tack? He, he absolutely shut down a really bad Minnesota twins team. Yeah. Yeah. Really bad team. And he, you know, I saw that slider that he struck out Donaldson. Donaldson. Off. Yeah. <laughs> Old school, old school days. You know, I, I heard what Michael Kay said about, you know, old days, you probably getting drilled and he didn't advocate it and he didn't he say, hey, this is what he should do. I didn't think that Garrett Cole was going to do that sort of thing. Or, you know, even the old days they say, oh, you think I have spider tech? How about sniffing the leather when it comes under your nose? I mean, knock him down or something. But, you know, he did a great job against him. And, you know, he was dominant. He had nine strikeouts, didn't walk a batter. And against a very, which is really surprising because Minnesota has been pretty decent over the last couple of years and made the playoffs and how bad they are this year. It is just unbelievable how bad they are. You know, Donaldson kind of walked back his comments before the game. Yeah, how about that? It, it was kind of like he, he looked at who was starting. Wait, he's starting tonight? Oh, wait crap i gotta go out there and talk to the reporters yeah he i didn't said, mean to put him on you know, the no no it's not yeah. just garrett cole you know it's a lot of pitchers and you know he kind of backtracked a little bit but i think see you're a former pitcher in the majors but my mental outlook at that whole thing is why am i gonna drill him i know that's old school baseball but if i drill him he knows it got into my head. I don't want him to know it got into my head. I want to sit his rear end down the old-fashioned way. And as you said, Nelly, that slider pretty much was the shoosh. Yeah, of, uh, and then he stared him, stared him down a little yeah, bit and then grabbed yeah, his hat. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, he did. So we got that out of the way. I mean, I know that was a big story, and I, we're going to talk to Kenny about it in, in just a bit, so stick around for that. But I want to give you my thoughts on the whole question and answer situation now if my wife who doesn't follow sports sits there and says yeah that wasn't good it's not good if someone who's away from everything says that it wasn't good and and she's right that's not good however Cole didn't Rafael Palmero himself. He didn't Sammy Sosa himself. You know, he didn't go before a committee and he didn't 
lie basically and say, no, I didn't do it. Or yes, I did do it. He kind of danced around it like a seasoned politician would, Nelly. How about that? He didn't say he did. He didn't say he did. And he kind of danced around it. But that beginning, he kind of stumbled and, and, and it wasn't a good look. And you have to be prepared to answer that question. You have to know that question's coming. Yeah, well, exactly. I, you know, I don't know if Jason Zillow, the PR, the head of PR there, said something to him. Yeah, everybody knew it was going to come. And I, I don't know how you answer that unless you just deny it. So, you know, I, I don't use that. I've used rosin and, and whatever to get my hands a little uh, rougher or a little tackier. I, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you answer that. He's got to be taught better or, uh, you know, obviously he didn't want to lie about it and deny it. But the only way to not I guess to dance around and just say, no, I didn't do it. You know, I don't do that. Here's why it's weird because there's no test. There's no retroactive test that anyone right. can yes, do. Yes, exactly. They're not going to check your time. hand every single no. time you go out there. And, and it's too late in your previous starts and in your previous years in the league. The only thing that if you have people talking about it, it's hearsay. It's, it's he said, he said stuff. So the fact I would have just flat out, no, categorically denied it. Well, I'm, guys, I'm curious now because they are cracking down on it. At least baseball says they are. How are they checking? Are they like, are they like going in the clubhouse right before they get on the mound and like patting them down? Like they're at the airport in the old days. Do you remember like, the like, naked gun scene in the first movie where Leslie Nielsen goes out to the pitching as, as Enrico Palazzo <laughs> still pulling out a toolbox. And yeah, he starts pulling out like a belt sander and a circular yeah. That's what I envision this being like the old days when I, who was it? Who was the guy who pulled out the Emery board out of his back pocket? Tim Leary. Was it Tim Leary? And he yeah. kind of did one of these where he put his hands up in the air. And when he did that, it flew out of his hand. Right, right. Out of his back pocket. I mean, that's the stuff that we might be seeing nowadays again. But I don't know, Jake, I I'm pretty sure this would be done before the game because in an era where we're trying to speed up games, Nelly, I don't see baseball grinding to a halt to go out there and have like a pH system where you're testing pool water. To see it. Yeah, but you're going to, I mean, you're, you can't do it before the game because if you're going to do it before the game, then all of a sudden the pitcher is just going to use it right after you check them. You know, you do it at, you do it during the game and you just basically go out and there's only a few places that you're going to be able, I don't know what this stuff is. I, you know, if it's something you he's putting on in the dugout, some guys I've, I know put, you know, rubbing alcohol or done some things before they go out on the mat and some starters do it every time before they go on the mound because sometimes it wears off and they're just using the rosin bag. Uh, I, you know, sometimes they'll put it underneath their hat, but you always have to watch that because, you're, you know, when your hands are dirty and your hands are using the rosin and, and you know, you, whether it's sweat or, uh, you know, guys will use sweat, underneath your cap is always dirty anyway. If you always see guys are always grabbing the bill and it's with their thumb or, or whatever, they're always grabbing the bill, either straighten up their hat or doing whatever. So that's a place to check. But even then, like I said, you might have something under there, but then again, you might not. Like when I pitched, I, I, chewed, I chewed gum and I chewed the same gum all the time. It was like Trident. And I put it underneath the bill of my cap when I was like chewing seeds before I went out to pitch or before I had to get up. And then I would take it off. It's kind of gross. So I'd take it off and I would chew it again. But I had a little mark there and it was always the same mark. And it could have came across as, oh, what's he doing? There's a little mark on his, uh, on underneath his bill of his cap. All it was was just gum from gum being there. You, you know, that's, uh, you know, when you're playing ball, you never change your hat and you never change your glove. Everything else, if you have bad games, you're going through all kinds of equipment. 
Shirney, so we really hold hard. on, hold on, Shirney. We need to dissect what he just said here because that was just absolutely ridiculous. You have a piece of gum and you would take it out of your mouth, put it inside the hat for for like to relax, and then put it back in your mouth like five yeah. minutes later. That was my. That was one of my super. Well, I didn't have many. I didn't have many, but that was one of them that I that I used. I said try. I had to. I I couldn't do the bazooka or whatever else they had. It was Trident gum. I lose his flavor after two seconds. Peppermint. Can't. Yeah, and it uh, so I, I chewed it in the beginning. I put it up on the bill of my cap until about the third or fourth inning, and then uh, then I would chew it again. Sometimes it would fly out of my mouth after after I threw a pitch, and I would pick <laughs> it up and make sure it didn't have any dirt, and I'd put it back. Oh in my oh god, no. that's terrible! Oh no. That's not terrible. I mean, what did we do when we were a kid? I mean, we dra- we drank out of a hose, mound and sweating no. all over. That's, that's, that's why we don't have any allergies. We don't have peanut <laughs> allergies or any of that stuff. Back, oh, no. You ate dirt when you were a kid. It, it wasn't like Jake and Brian when they grew up and they had, <laughs> you, you know, they were being. I'm not going to say it. So. <laughs> There's no three second rule for picking up spit out gum. Oh no, that's oh. all over. And it's oh, if it's on the grass, you pick it up. I don't care if it had any kind of pesticides on the grass well, or I whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't no, matter. Just disgusting. If I would, if I, if I would have lost that. If I would have lost that gum, then I would probably not have been able to pitch anymore. I've left this podcast to poop. I might have to leave to vomit now. <laughs> Check that off the list. Right. Let's let's stop talking about. But it. it's it's it, it is a thing. I mean, there's stuff that's underneath guys' bills, and it might not be a foreign substance. So how are these umpires are going to tell? What about this? What about the Twitter and and Jake? I know Jake is going to jump down my throat after I put this out there. But this was also in the New York Post. You know, the conspiracy theories are out there now with some video surf of Jacob DeGrom going to his belt and then his glove. His whole def- team defended him. DeGrom doesn't cheat. He's just that good. Of course his team's going to defend him. His own team's not going to throw him. But it's, it is. I mean, you look, you look underneath the belt. You know, there was one time, it was, 2000, it was 2003, and we were in the playoffs against the Red Sox, and it was a uh, ALCS. And Joe Torre went out and he, they thought Mike Timlin, who was a reliever for the Red Sox, was doing something illegally to the ball. And I think he had him checked in New York. The one thing, you know, it was nothing happened. The umpires didn't find anything. So we were in Boston and this was after the bullpen incident that we talked about last week and after the, you know, with the Don Zimmer thing. So I came out the pitch the next day and I had to, I had to face Garcia Parra. I think I had first and second or we were whatever it was and we were in the lead. And I was, I mean, you had the fans, they had all kinds of, you know, great posters, you know, Nelson to the, from the pen to the state pen or whatever, because of what <laughs> happened. I mean, it was, it was funny, but I, you know, had all these fans and I was a little nervous. I was a little shaking. And the first two pitches against Garcia Parra weren't even close. Next thing you know, I had all four umpires come out to the mound and I forget who was behind the plate. And they come out to me and they say, Nelly says, he said, the only reason we have all these guys is that we're a little intimidated by you, but we have, we have to check your glove. Grady Little, the manager of the Red Sox says, we want to check your glove. I just threw two balls and, and I wasn't even close. So he, all these umpires made me laugh. I'm taking off my belt. This is one of the reasons why I mean, I'm saying, oh okay, God. you're going to have to check your belt. I took off my belt. They checked the glove and, you know, obviously didn't find anything. 
And you know what? It settled me down. The next pitch, I got a double play to get out of the inning. You know, I was like, hey, thanks a lot, Grady, because I was my knees were shaking. All of a sudden, you settled me down a little bit. A little slider down of the way, ground ball, 6-4-3, done. We're, we're back in the dugout. But, you know, it, it's one of those things that they're going to have to go check belts. It, it's You know, you you have to undo your pants because they put it underneath their, uh, in their, in their waistband. I mean, it's there's so many places that pitchers could hide stuff that – you talk about delay of the game and they're trying to speed up the game. This is not going to be one of them. We are soon going to have strip club sponsors on the center field wall. It's going to be like, come to Sapphire's Thursday night, dollar wings. It's going to get out of hand. But the thing is, between innings, they could still go into the clubhouse and put something on, right? What are you well, going to check them every I mean, inning? We, I had one pitcher that used to use that used to dip. He had a nasty fork ball. It was a good. He had a really good fork ball, and then his nasty one, he went to his mouth. He had uh, Vaseline. He, he like put Vaseline in like a dip, like he dipped Vaseline when he pitched. And the next thing you know, he would go to his mouth. As soon as he threw a pitch, nobody was looking. He went to his mouth and he looked like all you do is lift your first two fingers. And, you know, you act like you're wiping it off because you always have to, umpires always have to see you once you go to your mouth. It always had to be when you were off the mound. You had to be off the dirt. Now it's a little bit different. I think now you can be on the dirt. You just can't be on the rubber and go go to your mouth. But you had to be off the dirt to go to your mouth, and you had to make sure you wiped it off. And, you know, the next pitch, you knew it was a, a, a nastier fork ball. So guys do everything. I mean, it's just, you know, hitters do the same thing. It's just it's just part of the game, I guess. I don't know if it's – I, I guess you call it gamesmanship. I mean, it's just, just – what always happened? Nelly invented the gumball where he, he puts his finger up on the gum on his hat and then uh, puts it on the ball and gets yeah. a better grip. Yeah, well, Eddie Harris had bard oil, Vagisil, and even snot on the ball. So anything to get a <laughs> competitive edge when you're on the mound. <laughs> of course, I went major league with something I had to. Just to break the uh, tension here with all this Garrett Cole and spider tack and spidey sense, whatever the hell. We're... You know, I looked it up because I didn't know what it was either, Nelly. I had no idea. And actually, it's on Amazon. You could buy it on Amazon. And it's apparently for guys who are in like the strongman competitions or guys who work in quarries and carry rocks. They put this stuff on their forearms so the rocks don't move. Oh, yeah. I got that next to my bed from uh, a strongman <laughs> competition. <laughs> I'm not oh going to go there. I could go. I could go a lot. I I could go a lot of different ways with when that. I'm, when I'm lifting the Jaeger bombs, you know, I gotta be strong. I could I could say I could say no wonder the dating apps aren't working. <laughs> That's to carry his blue balls to the bathroom, Billy. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> we've got off the there's, deep end. There's so many ways to go with that. Sorry, sorry, Brian. It's <laughs> a family podcast. We won't go in those directions. <laughs> Can't you just see Jake with his balls in his in his forearms, like just walking to the bathroom? Oh, another night. Oh, it didn't happen. I got to go back on Bumble. Yeah, that's why he has hairy palms. That's why he's never getting dated. <laughs> anyway, let's I, let's get. I did back. shave. Actually, I'm shaving, so everything's. Uh... <laughs> Let's get uh, back to Yankees baseball. Back to the show. Me? Back to your regularly scheduled program. Yeah, let's get back to the regularly scheduled program. So the, the Yankees have taken uh, the first two of this series against the Minnesota Twins. And look, I'd be excited if it was a team in the AL East that the Yankees haven't really performed well against this season. But you play who's on your schedule, Nelly. We know that. And this Twins team is 
hot garbage. Let's be honest. It is absolutely hot garbage. And they almost came back all the way back in the ninth inning last night against Brooks Krisky. However, thankfully, they did not do that. But the Yankees, they did take the first two. They have a chance to sweep today. Jay Happ pitches. And I know Happ probably wants to sit the Yankees down and, and have the kind of outing he did in one of his first outings this year where he almost threw a no-hitter. Doubtful that will happen in Minnesota tonight. But the Yankees, they handle business in Minnesota. You know, they've put themselves in a position, Jeff, let's be honest, where they have to beat teams like Minnesota. They have to beat teams like Detroit. Because if they continue to play teams in their own division the way they're playing them right now, we discussed this on Monday, their record against the AL East is terrible. You take the Orioles out of it, they're a minus 43 in run differential against the Rays, Jays, and Red Sox. And we talked before we started taping right after the All-Star break. And I know I'm rushing the bit a little bit here, but they have series against, they have two four-game series against the Red Sox, a brief two-gamer against the Phillies, and a three-gamer against the Rays. So right out of the All-Star break, I don't know where this team is going to be then, but right out of the All-Star break, that stretch, Nelly, that might make or break this team. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, a comment before we started this thing is it's like watching an NBA game, you only want to watch the last two minutes. And and that's where the excitement is. And with this team, I, I don't know. I just really can't get excited about it. And you might have to just wait till September to see where they are. You know, I don't know. You know, the only couple things that you take out of the Minnesota series is meet Stanton had a really good night last night. Uh, he had five RBIs, a couple home runs, you know, Judge. And, and Andujar is really taking off at the plate, which is nice to see. He's getting an opportunity to play, and he's making the best of it. And and, and that's nice because, you know, it, after his rookie season, he really went downhill with injuries and never was, was able to get a basically got Wally pipped by Urshela. So, you know, go find somewhere else to play because I'm the third baseman. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I just don't know where you go with this team. I I, Not yet. Uh, You know, like you mentioned, the bad records against the American League East. You have to beat the teams you're supposed to, but if you're not playing well in your division, you're not going to make the playoffs. And they haven't played well in their division. There's 100 games left. We know that. They've got a two-gamer with Philly this weekend. Lots of days off. They had Monday off. They have a weird Friday off as Jay mentioned on Monday. Then they have another Monday off. Then they play Toronto. Then they come back home for Oakland, Kansas City. Then they a quick three-game setup in Boston before they welcome in the Angels and the Mets. Before People they literally wait for Friday games to go to the game. Why is there a Friday off in Major League? There are people who are like, I cannot wait till 5 p.m. Friday. I could get hammered and go to a baseball game. And now they're off on a Friday. That is a disgrace by baseball. I shouldn't be this passionate about it, but there should be every Friday should always Friday night games, especially in summer. Weather's beautiful. I know it's, I'll be there at City Field tomorrow. It's going to be rocking. Fans are back now. Never have a Friday off. I they have another that. Friday off in August, too. August 13th. Really? Yeah, August oh. 13th. 13th is they're off and it's weird they it, it, they're in chicago playing the white Sox. they play thursday then they're off friday then they play the white Sox saturday and sunday i just i don't why not that. have thursday off there monday off days are great thursday's fine but friday should be bad just yeah, like spider attack exactly. and friday off days that's just, like just another way that baseball's <laughs> i mean people are messing with baseball Yeah, I think that's another conversation for another show, I think. But we should dedicate a show, Jeff, to how baseball just needs to pump the brakes with all these changes. You know, they change the ball every year. They raise the seams, they lower the seams. And you would know this better than anybody. When you raise the seams 
I think that has something to do with how the ball moves too, because when the seams are pretty much non-existent on a baseball, that's when you need more of this tacky stuff to not be plunking guys left and right. They raised the seams this year. It's uniform. As you mentioned, there used to be an American League and a National League ball, but now there's just one ball. Just stop with the changes every year. It's driving me crazy. Yeah, I would throw the baseball back until I got a ball with higher seams. And, you know, it was always when they did have two baseballs, the National League always had the higher it always higher seams make the baseball feel smaller and lower seams obviously when there's no seams and they're not raised if seems like the baseball is bigger obviously they're not but the national league always seemed like the baseball was smaller they always had high seams every ball that you got had high seams and i was like wow i said you could i could really i can really snap a slider off with these seams and that's what i threw off of is basically a seam so you know if you watch baseball now if you ever see the pitching coach come out to and talk to if somebody's struggling and they talk to the the pitcher What's the next pitch? Probably 95% of the time is a fastball. The fastball down the way. They're always saying, okay, hey, fastball down the way, let's get a ground ball. Well, if a pitcher, and I've watched, if a pitcher ever hand throws back the baseball, and you don't find it very often anymore, but you used to, that next pitch is a breaking ball because they're trying to find a big seam. They're trying to find something that's raised, especially in the American League. If that, And I would throw it back. I'd throw three or four back until I found a good seam. And if I had a good baseball, I mean, now there's any kind of foul ball or anything that's hitting, you know, hitting the dirt, they're throwing it out. If I had a ground ball, foul ball, or or something that went, you know, array and somebody got it, I, I would yell at the first baseman or third baseman. I'd say, no, 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 give me that ball. I mean, that was a good baseball. I didn't want that to go into the stands or into the dugout. Give me that baseball back. So, you know, it, it is it, it is funny how they keep changing the game and keep changing the baseball and, oh, we want more offense, so, hey, let's make the baseball a little harder. Or, oh, no, we now, no that's too much offense. Let's, let's uh, do something to the baseball, maybe raise the seams a little bit. I mean, it's crazy. There's also so many, too. It's like every pitch. It's like, oh, that hit the dirt. We need a new ball. It's like, why do you need a new ball? I don't for understand. Every I mean, the umpires always used to check it. I don't, it'd be interesting to see how many baseballs they go through on an average in, in a like game. Like 100, I feel like. It's probably like, it's probably like 50 to 100. That's yeah, what it feels I mean, like. the umpires would just look at the baseball. If there wasn't any scuff marks, okay, I'd throw it back. Now they're just tossing it away. And you remember when the infielders actually used to, at the third out, you know, they maybe look at the baseball and they would just roll it up to the mound and then they'd give it to the next guy who was coming I out. I miss those days. Miss Where is that? They're keeping it. They're tossing. I mean, I don't know how many they go through, but it's, oh, it's. You know what? If baseball runs out, they could always send the FBI over to Zach Hample's house. Oh, my God. Send that guy on a one-way <laughs> rocket ship to the moon and don't, don't have him ever come back. No, then all the baseballs will be in outer space. No, good. Let's auction his house off and give the balls to, like, children or something. For, forget Zach Hample. God, that kid is the worst. <sighs> Nelly, I'm curious, though, you mentioned mound visits, and you probably didn't have a lot of them because you're a reliever, but what goes through? I'm always curious what goes through. Like, what does the pitching coach say to you, and has there ever been a time where there was, like, something funny, like, that was said between you and the pitcher? You're smiling, which means there was. No, you know, it is, you think because starters starters usually get those mound visits when they come out, when guys come out or a pitching coach or even a manager, they'll try to talk the manager into leaving them in. Well, not anymore, but they used to. They would get the funny stories. You know, mainly I'm having either Tori or Pinella, they they have their hand out and you're handing them the ball and they say either good job or, hey, you know, I don't want to see that again. You know, it's, you know, you would have catchers come out and you would, you know, they talk. I had a catcher out in Seattle that might have had the worst breath. <laughs> and I, I, he came out and he started talking to me. And I, I, I would try to reverse because I was so much taller than everyone else when they came out. And I was always on the higher part of the slant. 
And I'd say, and his name was, I was, I was like, man, I said, what did you eat today? And he goes, what? This is your breath, man. And it smells like a cat's ass. I'm like, oh my <laughs> God. But you know, it's not nothing really. I, I think when the, the funniest thing is that time I came when I was in Seattle and I came out from New York and you know, I smelled like Budweiser because the Yankee fans threw beer all over me when I was in Seattle in 95 and Pinella like, you know, looked at me kind of strange because I had this odor of beer on me. I said, Hey, don't worry. It's all over my uniform. Or when I came out and when I came back and the Yankee fans were booing me in 2001, I think it was. And then Pinella says, Oh, I see. They still love you, son. Oh, just that, you know, the starters got the interesting stories maybe fishing or whatever you know like the bull dorm hey somebody's getting married what do you think we all should get her then you know sticks are a good idea yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so usually it's just like a normal visit to be like all right get your stuff together like throw a slider here like what's like the usual like non yeah you know it's just you know visit. hey how do you feel okay hey let's settle down because usually they're coming if i'm if they're coming out to me and they're going to leave me in it's an okay maybe i walk the guy or whatever and he goes okay know what you're doing with the ball here you know okay like i said it, you know when pitching coach comes out it's usually hey okay fastball down and away let's get a double play and that's all they say. Okay, slap you on the butt and say, okay, if everybody know where they are, who you throwing the ball to, okay, let's go. You know, it's one of those things. It's never – you may be on a bunt play if there's somebody fast on the bases. Okay, hey, you know, you got to watch that guy. Keep him close. You know, nothing really uh, really boring. We've learned that Nelly is a cat guy as well, as he knows the smell of a cat's ass, which I can't <laughs> confirm. I, I usually, Yeah, I usually do that quite often anyway, so – Another superstition along with the gum in the hat. No, I'm kidding. You sniff a cat no, ass? No, no, no. Pre-game cat ass sniffing coming right up. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh God. Stop this train. I want to get off. Yes. I said, hey, it's a, well, your breath, what are you, you eating shit sandwiches? <laughs> take, a, take some mints in between innings. Jeez. Oh, waitress. Check, please. Joining us next, it's Detective Davidoff. That's Ken Davidoff of the New York Post right here on the Pinstripe Pod. (laughs) Joining us now is our buddy Ken Davidoff, the legendary New York Post baseball columnist. Read his stories in the Post and at nypost.com. Ken played the role of Detective Davidoff this week, where his question on whether Garrett Cole used spider tack, yep, it broke the internet. Let's hear it. And have you ever used spider tack while pitching? Um, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if. Uh, I don't know quite. I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. Um, I mean, there are customs and practices that have been passed down from older players to younger players from the last generation of players to this generation of players. And, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I think there are some things that are certainly out of bounds in that regard. And, and, uh, I've stood pretty, stood pretty firm in in terms of that, uh, in terms of the communication between our peers and whatnot. Um, you know, and, and I, again, like I mentioned earlier, there's, you know, this is important to a lot of people that love the game. And this is including, including the players in this room, including fans, including, you know, teams. And so if MLB wants to, you know, legislate some more stuff, that's a conversation that we can have um, because ultimately we should all be pulling in the same direction on this. The beginning of that sounded like straight out of Tommy Boy with Chris Farley, <laughs> uh, just just stuttering before an answer. And uh, I think he regrouped, but – 
you know, Kenny, we, we talked about this before you came on. You turned him in to uh, Gregory Hines, the famous tap dancing actor and running scan. He was running scared, if I may. <laughs> uh, but at least you were, you know, you had to ask that question. Were you surprised by that response? I was surprised. Excuse me. I was surprised by that response, Chris. I, I, the minute Josh Donaldson said what he said a few days prior, I thought, all right, you know, and the Yankees made it clear. Right, he's going to talk Tuesday, the day before he starts. Like, all right, this is going to be an inquisition. This is, you know, he's a big boy. He can, he can handle it. And, a, and someone made a, a very prominent player made on the record allegations. Like, all right, here's what we're, how are we going to do this? So I thought it was a very natural question to ask. Uh, I was indeed surprised by his, uh, his response. You know, Ken, I have never heard of spider tack. And what was that other one that Pelican was on grip. there? Pelican grip. Well, I have never heard of that in my whole entire life. So it shocked me when he says, oh, older players pass it down to younger players. <laughs> I have no idea. You know, if you remember, if you remember the baseball back in the day, and we, I've explained this so many times about when they used to just have an American League and a National League ball. And the baseballs weren't soapy. I mean, you didn't have to – all you had to do is rosin and spit in your hands. And then all of a sudden they went to the universal baseball and the baseball became a little more soapy, a little slipperier. And, you know, guys would start using maybe a little bit more rosin. I like the rock rosin. I mean, there's different rosin bags. Some of the rosin is like really powdery and that stuff doesn't work. Even when you have your normal saliva and the rosin, it doesn't make your hands because you don't want your hands smooth. Everybody, all pitchers and everybody, even, even if you look at the position players, they're always doing something with, with their hands or the dirt to make their hands a little tackier or rough so they can get a better grip on the baseball and the rock rosin which is rock and when you feel the rosin bag it's actually rock uh little hard crystals in there and that gives you the little uh a little bit better i guess tacky feeling and then guys would do like alcohol rubbing alcohol on their leg and i mean sometimes you see that and you know sometimes you'd see the suntan lotion and the and the and the rosin bag, which, you know, I, I guess that's, I mean, I guess that's legal. I mean, everybody's using suntan lotion in the summertime and you have rosin, but I've never <laughs> heard of that other stuff. I know. I don't even know what that was. No, I think it's, it's like everything, right? It's, you could draw a through line from uh, spider tack and pelican grip to steroids, uh, to weightlifting, to sleep studies, right? I mean, to analytics, it's all evolution. It's all, it's all this is how the way things used to be done. And now we've found what we think are better ways to do X. And now we're doing that, you know? So it's just sort of evolution. And, and to me, what's happened, I mean, no, you know this. Like, yeah, pine tar and sunscreen were accepted, right? I mean, it was like, you know, I mean, like Gaylord Perry's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, for, <laughs> everybody knew what he was doing. Yeah, everyone was, oh, that, oh, that Gaylord, you know, that, that rascal. Yeah, it's like, oh, we'll give him a pass. Yeah. I mean, did so, he win all those games because he doctored the ball up all the time? Yeah, he wrote Would a he book. Have won any, yeah, yeah, I know. Well, he was an active pitcher. He wrote a book, Me and yes. the Spitter. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, what happened is, you know, the, the products got better uh, and more effective. And then the game changed so dramatically. Everyone is so angry about the game and all the strikeouts. And now it becomes a thing. Well, you know, Kenny, I got this for you. You brought up the steroids. And, you know, if you are sitting in a locker and the guy next to you is doing steroids and you're staying complete legit 100%, but you're not hitting as well as the guy in locker B taking the steroids, you might go take the steroids. Now, the Yankees had that thing called the gas station down at spring training. and Everybody runs in there to see what their spin rate is. 
if the guy in locker B has better spin rate than you and the guy in locker A, you're going to look for a little bit of a knock. You know, you're going to look for a little kick in the rear end and maybe that's what's going on. And, and, and that's how all these pitchers are being judged nowadays. They have to run into the, their own gas station and see what their spin rates are. Maybe this is driving the competition and driving the cheating the same way the steroids were back in the day. I think that's a, a very fair way of looking at it, Chris. And I, my hope is that it gets nowhere as hairy as steroids for the you know the simple fact that no one is breaking any federal laws using spider tack to uh, impact right, their right, spin rate, right. and there's not going to be congressional hearings. No one's going to get a record because of this. <laughs> so, and I, I, you know, I'm I wrote this in my column. Like, I'm not a devious sort. It seems to me like if they start inspecting guys, like hopefully that some mostly solves it. I like I you know I know people always try to work around and find new ways. But like my hope is that this largely takes care of it. You know, Ken, you want to solve it? Here's a, here's a solution. Have the hitters quit swinging out of their ass at every single pitch. <laughs> Learn how to go the other way. Quit swinging at the ball above their, above their letters because I'm seeing more strikeouts above their letters than I've ever seen in my life. Try to quit worrying about launch angle and trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark and become a hitter like it was. Like Garrett Cole mentioned, the older players, how about the olden days? It wasn't too far olden days when they knew how to hit the other way and they knew how to hit for average. The power was still there and they didn't strike out as much. The 90s, 2000s, how about that for a solution? And everybody can quit worrying about spin rate. You know, I was doing, I did uh, just. I think it was just one or two years I went through the minor league system for the Yankees. Just went to double A AA and triple A and sat in the bullpen. For some reason, they didn't want me to mess with mechanics. They just said, oh, just talk about pitching. And I had one kid. I don't even remember his name. He never even went any farther than double A. He goes, oh, hey, you know, this is what spin rate is. I have the best spin rate in the minor leagues. Guess what? I'm not even going anywhere. You know, I guess I guess it's good for as far as pitching and, you know, as far as evaluating your pitches. You still have to get guys out. You know, you can have the best spin rate in the world and get rocked but you know it's you have these guys and these hitters complain about stuff and learn how to hit a little bit better well no were you a pitcher i can't remember yeah <laughs> i know <laughs> hitters do the same thing with their bats as far as the, not the tackiness you know i think i explained to these guys what they do to their bats you know as far as grooving their bats as far as making the barrel harder almost like cement that cow bone, you ever been in the locker room where you've seen that big cow femur bone that's sitting on a pole and everybody's bone in their bats and trying to get off to get out of the soft spots of their uh, of the barrel? <laughs> yeah, and then, and then also uh, they take a nail and they put the nail and they groove their bat and then they fill it full of rosin and then the darker bats, they'll try to burn them to make the, to make the rosin crystallize or whatever and they make their bats harder. I mean, what are the hitters doing? The hitters are doing the same thing. No, the reality is, let's say this actually works. Let's say that we actually eradicate the game of, of, of spider attack and Pelican Griffin, and we get more offense into the game, more action. And five years from now, God willing, if we're all talking on this podcast, like, why is every game 13 to 12? Why, why are there only two strikeouts a game? You know, then, then, then they'll address that. You know, that's that's the reality of it. It's going one way, then it's going the other way. We 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 need to come back to balance. We need to come back to zero. You know, with the bubbles. Give me a hand here. When you're trying to measure something and you put it on the wood, uh, oh, level. 
Yeah, level. Thank you. God almighty. <laughs> my my brain in the morning just does not function. But we're talking, I, I want to bring up what the, the column Mike Puma wrote, uh, Pete Alonzo. And I think Pete Alonzo made a pretty good point. He said, I go in the box every single day. I see guys throwing harder and harder every day. And I don't want 99 slipping out of somebody's hand because they didn't have enough feel for it. So he doesn't want this stuff going anywhere. He wants to keep it in the game. So there's kind of like this pushing and pulling by players, by the union, by baseball. They need to find some kind of common ground here, Kenny, so we could just move forward. Pitchers need to use something. The hotter it gets, the the sweatier your hand gets. And Alonzo's right. You know, this isn't 10 years ago. This is now where most of the guys that come out, it's not just uh, Kevin Cash's bullpen. He has a stable of guys with 97, 98. It's pretty much all over baseball. And if you're Kevin Pillar, especially, you want pitchers to have control of the damn ball. Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, for obviously, Rosin's not going anywhere. That that's that, that's staying around. We, we'll see with with the with pine tar with sunscreen. Clearly, what they're looking to ban here is the more sophisticated stuff. You know, the, the pelican grip and the uh, spider tack, and because they feel like that makes the ball near unhittable. And I think that's Nelly. I think that's why many hitters have resorted to launch angle. Because it's damn hard to hit one of these balls the other way, you know, to string together four hits, to put together a couple runs, and it's it's actually easier, you know, to to, to try to to sell out and and to go for the home run, and you know, if you get two three home runs a game, you might win the game. Ken, how they distinguish between sunscreen, you know, whatever you have on your body, like the alcohol, you know, I've seen you know pitchers pour alcohol on their on their leg, and they go and wipe it after rosin. And they get that grip. How do they distinguish what what's what and, and what's going to be legal? And, and when an umpire goes out and checks someone saying, oh, well, that's spider grip or that's pelican grip or, you know, spider tack. I mean, how do they distinguish that? That's a great question, Ellie. I, I don't know the answer to that. Well, I think we'll get more details next week. Uh, I anticipate an announcement on Major League Baseball next week. We'll, we'll drill down on some of this stuff. Yeah, it's none of this is easy, right? It's all hairy. Shirney was talking about, you know, with pitchers and hitters, being a little afraid of uh, be, getting hit, and they would love the pitchers to have a better grip on the baseball. You know, maybe we've talked about this before, but you see a lot of organizations, all they do is they preach velocity, and that's all they want. I mean, when you look at the draft, all they draft is guys with velocity. They don't care about the command. They just want velocity. You know, Don Magley even came out, and his pitchers, their organization, the Miami Marlins organization, they don't care about command. They know, and, and he said it on, on, a, on an interview on our pregame show, that the pitchers in the minor leagues know the only way to get to the big leagues or the main reason to get to the big leagues is you have to throw hard. We preach velocity over command. That's a big, huge problem, I think. You know, you look at a lot of the injuries. Guys don't know how to command 99. All they want to do is max velocity all the time. Now, you're going to ask me, say, didn't you want to throw as hard as you can? Sure, I wanted to throw as hard as I can. But I also needed to know that I needed to know where the ball was going or I wouldn't have been in the game. Joe Torre or Lou Pinella would have never used me if, if my control was all over the place. So, that I mean, that's a problem to me when organizations are saying, you know what, we don't care about command, we care about velocity. Yeah, look, now I think it's a little nuanced. I think they they – do care about command, but they just care about velocity a lot more. <laughs> especially, I'm talking, you know, especially relievers. You know, you see more relievers drilling guys and not knowing where the ball game, where the ball's going, because you have more velocity coming out of the bullpen. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a fair criticism. I, I, I don't know much, <laughs> much to respond there. I, I, I generally agree with you. 
Ken, what do you think about the rest of what Pete Alonzo said about the doctoring of the balls year in and year out and how they change it based on the free agent class and that they do it to harm who whatever kind of free agents there are that winter? Is there truth to that? Do you believe in that? <laughs> I love a good conspiracy theory. I was, <laughs> my, my eyebrows definitely raised when I read that. I mean, how exactly does that work? You know, like back when Carl Crawford was a free agent, you know, they, they say, all right, well, this year – home runs won't be as important you know and then when you know when jd martinez was a free agent then they needed to to suppress the home runs i i need to learn a little bit more about that i i love pete alonzo i think he's a great guy i if i was on that zoom call yesterday i think i would have said pete you know can we, can we discuss this a little further uh yeah that, that was a little out there. he would have he would have got his detective david off on <laughs> you know you know would have been great you know would have been great guys if after Kenny asked that question, the follow-up would have been like Jerry Springer. All right, spider Tack, come on out. <laughs> <laughs> Maury Povich opened up the, Kenny, uh, up the manila envelope. You are the father. No, that's what I thought of Maury. I thought of the lie. To, have you ever cheated while you were seeing uh, Cheryl? And then uh, here's Ken. And have you ever used spider Tack while pitching? Have you ever cheated on your wife? That was determined to lie. That's exactly what I thought. So uh, good job, Ken. You know, yeah, we're making fun of it. But, you know, at least Kenny had the you-know-whats to ask the question. And it was a question that needed to be asked. So good on you, Ken. Thank you, guys. Just Thank think you. where we would have been if they never would have tried to mess with the game. They always try to mess with the game. And this is where we are. Commissioner Nelly, I think that's well, where we have to go. No, let me, let me. So what? Was Babe Ruth messing with the game before Babe Ruth? There were no home runs. Well, they drank. Well, but you know, you look at the baseball. <laughs> <laughs> he drank all the time. Look, I mean, look at those guys. I mean, you have Mickey Mantle. I mean, hey, David Wells threw a perfect drunk. game. Uh, hung over. Well, I don't understand. Before 1918, there were like three home runs a year. Well, so, I know because the, base, the so, baseball definitely changed. I mean, they yeah, used but, one but, ball. But by your argument, Babe Ruth messed with the game. He ruined the game. By right? well, I don't know, Mr. Yes no, Mr. Nelson. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to answer that. And they're well, both in you know. Baltimore, so there you go. All right, <laughs> Kenny, thank you so much for the time. I know we know you have to go. We appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Thanks, guys. That says goodnight to episode 60, the Mike Harkey edition of the Pinstripe Pod, our Yankees podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Brian Mungia for producing the show. Going to Apple Podcasts right now. Give us a five-star rating. Write in a positive review. We sure do appreciate it. For Jeff Nelson, I'm Chris Sheeran. We're back on Monday after the quick two-game series in Philly against the Phillies. Enjoy the games, the weekend, and the cheesesteak. If you're in the greater Philadelphia area, thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe.